The first thing that we thought about starting from the February 24th is how to save ourselves, how to save my baby. But then when the first stress falls down, like within the first week, you are starting to realize that your business is also really fucked up. First feeling was a bit of shock, like what to do, what to, where to run first, wh whom to call. And the first person I answered and uh, had a call was my co-founder, <laughs> before my parents even, <laughs> because we had to figure out shortly how to convey to the team. My name is Zosia Vanat. I am Sifted Central and Eastern Europe correspondent based in Poland. The region I live in has been changed forever by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. In this hour with the military invasion that's currently unfolding in Eastern Europe. Long queues are still building in Kiev as people try to escape. The Over EU the past few months, I've been speaking to many Ukrainian founders. Their lives and businesses have been turned upside down since Russia invaded. During these interviews, I noticed that the coverage of the war rarely shows what's under the surface. We don't talk about businesses that go bust or struggle to survive, the investors and clients who don't pick up their phones anymore, the founders looking after traumatized colleagues, as well as their balance sheet. In this podcast, we decided to give Ukrainian startups, which are so vital to the country's economy, a chance to tell their full stories. War is something Ukrainians live with for many years. It's not just started in February this year. We did not expect such scale of invasion that happened this year, but we were preparing. So we had contingency place built in place. We had a lot of help from our investors in order to organize. That was Alex Serduk, the CEO and co-founder of Respeacher, a voice cloning startup that's worked with major Hollywood film studios. For him and many other startup founders, the impulse was the same. Get yourself and your people to safety. Some stories were not great, right? There were three folks on a day three that were in those cities that were already under Russian occupation. And it was like super scary moments. At some moment, we received like a text from one of the colleagues. And he said that he has three days of food and water. And he's basically in the basement, but he cannot leave because there is already fire on the streets. Thankfully, Preply, whose CEO and founder Kirill Bigai we've just heard, and all of the companies that spoke to Sifted for this podcast, didn't lose any of their colleagues in these early days. But some founders are still putting their lives in danger and their startup ideas on hold as the war continues. Ivan Kaunov, co-founder of FinMap, a cash management platform, now serves as a reserve officer for the Ukrainian Armed Forces. While I were in the university, I also got the kind of special part of the university, which gives me the reverse officer position. So actually, I'm the reverse officer. And in uh, case of mobilization, which we had, I definitely have to be mobilized because I know how to do stuff, and I'm the officer, and Armed Forces of Ukraine needs some kind of guys like me. <laughs> and here I am in the special department, doing some interesting stuff which I could not tell anyone. Sorry for that. While Ukrainian men, like Ivan, joined the fighting, women from the country were more easily able to cross the border to safety. 
but safety does not mean normality. This is what happened to the co-founders of Skyworker, a recruitment platform. Alex Bernatska is one of them. Me, my co-founder and our chief marketing officer, we went to Poland. We rent one apartment for three of us, lived like in a dormitory slash startup house for like three months altogether. But once you've got used to sharing a dormitory with your co-workers, the next challenge is, how do you keep your business afloat, particularly, as in Skyworker's case, if it relies on recruiting Ukrainian tech talent? Now we refocused from our personal safety and the team safety to the safety of our business. We analyzed the metrics and we figured out that the first day of war, we lost almost two thirds of all our clients because companies mostly frozen their hiring in Ukraine. For Ivan from FinMap, it was relying on Ukrainian clients that damaged the business. We lost in sales like 75% or even 80%. Because mostly our clients were in Ukraine and so unstable situation in country. No one knows what will be in a days, <laughs> not even weeks or months. So yeah, it was kind of freezing in our business. So what do you do if you'd been relying on investment money to come in or returning customers to buy your product? and suddenly those phone calls go cold. For Dasha Kichuk, CEO and co-founder at EFA, a maker of sustainable toothbrushes for hotels and airlines, a pattern started to appear. The first week of the war, I have wrote an email to all of our partners and customers that we had that we are affected by the war, we are in Ukraine, and, and like we are still managing and start trying to understand what to do next. And that's when the uh, wave of, unfortunately, emails came to my mailbox. Uh, all of them started with, unfortunately, Dasha, we have to freeze our contract. We have to postpone our contract. We have to, like, stop working with you. And, yeah, I thought that that's all. That's just, that's all. I have to stop with that. But I have to feed my family. For Alex from Skyworker, this crisis of confidence in their business had started even before the invasion began. We were about to close the seat round in the beginning of February. We were on like final stages of discussion. Then news spreading around that Russia might attack Ukraine and all of the funds, they took a pause. Like, okay, let's wait. What's going to happen? And we were like, no, nothing's going to happen. Let's finalize the round. It's cool. As it turned out, Everything wasn't cool, and Skyworker never landed that seed round. For Dasha, from EFA, it was similar. We have fundraised $500,000, and we were getting those investments in three tranches, and the last tranche was scheduled for March. And we didn't receive that because of the direct danger of our death. Our investor decided not to follow on with the, the last tranche of the investment. The challenges for doing business in the country have kept coming. Russian attacks have destroyed nearly a third of Ukraine's power stations. Russian missile strikes have left millions of people without electricity in Ukraine, where winter temperatures are below zero. Late last year, Putin's forces started to target energy infrastructure, causing a massive humanitarian crisis as winter set in. This was also a big problem for anyone trying to work from inside the country, especially in the tech industry, 
as Kirill from Preply explains. So you need to find generators uh, that will be powered by fuel and you need to organize good office equipment for that. So basically, you put the generators into the office, you make sure that in the office you have, uh, you know, Starlink, for example, and this should be fine. Starlink is a satellite internet system that was developed by Elon Musk. It's played a big part during the war as Ukrainians have struggled to stay online. But for Ivan from FinMap, having to rely on petrol generators and satellite internet just seems like a small inconvenience to Ukrainians now. That's one of the minor issues, I would say, <laughs> because uh, power cuts, bombing, uh, air alarms, lack of not only power, but also water, for example. And I would say after we lived through, I mean, this war, nothing could be a serious issue for Ukrainians and for our company as well. It's important to remember that these businesses aren't just numbers on a balance sheet. It's most of all about people, many of whom are facing unthinkable personal trauma. Business is just one perspective of your life. All of the other things, as I've said, mental health, keeping your family safe, because, for example, my husband, his his parents are in Donetsk region and they had their, uh, which was the Ukrainian part. But it was under occupation for for over months, and they had their house, which they have built for 15 years, and it is in in ruins. It, they they just don't have a house anymore. So we have to care about them, about their mental health, about where will they live, and to, because they are like in their 60s, and it's really hard for them to find a job. And my dad, he had a brain stroke because the war started because of all of the stress that we he had to survive. And he's not able to work anymore as well. And I have to care about him. And each of our teammates has his own personal tragedy already. Two of our teammates had their babies when the war started at the first weeks of the war. And like they, they had to care about their wives, their babies, their newborns. And Everybody has their own problems. So business is just like, yeah, it's, it's a small part of your life, which keeps you alive. But all of the other parts, you have to care about them and you have to like keep everybody safe, which is, it's, it's extremely hard. It is, uh, it, it, it is, yeah, it's, it's really hard. But for Dasha from EFA, one of the only ways to deal with this kind of stress is to turn it into action. Like I have made a rule, personal rule for myself. Anytime I feel anxiety or like fear of dying or like fear of getting broke, I'm starting to email everybody, any customer or any investment fund or like apply everywhere to any grants. That's how I was curing my anxiety. And that, that brought us a success. So we have started to work like, and that's how we've managed to get new customers. Right now we're talking like those are under NDAs, but those are major airline companies, worldwide major airline companies and hotel companies as well. And we have managed to do this just because of really hard work, because you just, you don't have any other chance to survive. You understand that work is the only thing that keeps you mentally healthy uh, and the other thing that keeps you financially healthy and keeps you like having your money to feed your baby. And that's the only, only solution there to keep working. It isn't just the motivation of keeping your own company alive that's helping Ukrainian entrepreneurs keep going. 
There's also the importance of the tech sector for the country's economy, says Alex from Reese Peacher. It's really hard on mental level, and we have those waves of uh, our our mood that can go from uh, very enthusiastic mood when uh, when something good happens to uh, feeling very blue and down uh, when something bad happens, and that goes on constant basis. Uh, but luckily, people don't have those waves uh, in mood uh, synchronized, so we are able to support each other. And also, at some point, you just think about where would I personally be most helpful. So I ensured my family, for example, is outside of Ukraine. They're in safe place. There are no missiles. They have heat. They have food. They have daycare for kids. What, what do I do? And then he, many of us came to conclusion that the best thing we can do is to continue doing what we were doing because the war is marathon. It's not not a sprint. And we should be sure that our economy works, that our people are employed, and we can contribute to that. This is something you hear a lot from people from Ukraine when they tell you about how the last year has affected them. Keep doing what you're doing. It's a way to take back some control and maintain some level of normality in your life. And for some, it's pushed them to work even harder. Here's Ivan from FinMap. In a one and a half months, we were absolutely on track. We were working on more than 100% productivity because all of our employees was um, supported by the company from the very beginning. I mean, salaries, some time off to relocate or some actual help with relocating by finding some cars or places to stay. So they wanted to give us back. So (laughs) they were working till this time, actually, they're working on 200% of productivity. So that's incredible team who are, who are working even more productive than before war. You can see this motivation in the numbers. Ukraine's tech sector was the country's only industry to expand since the war began. For Ukraine to be able to buy weapons, pay its soldiers and fund its hospitals, the country's tech workers need to keep going. And, fortunately, in many cases, they have been able to do just that. Dasha from EFA describes how some of the clients that went quiet have now returned. And she also managed to raise a seed round. It's getting better. It's getting better. Some of the customers that I've received, unfortunately, emails, they came back. They they feel better and more secure about ourselves so they came back. Also yesterday I found out, like yesterday I got an email that we are we have fundraised. So yeah, <laughs> we are getting to this. Skyworker, meanwhile, shifted the focus from the Ukrainian recruitment market to the Polish one. 
but most of the team stayed in Ukraine. Now we are going uh, to any um, conference, to any uh, meetup that is uh, taking place here in Warsaw. If we have an opportunity, we um, get to the stage and uh, like promoting <laughs> our platform. Uh, we talk to any Polish local media and any other media also like from Europe. And actually, it worked even better than we thought because we started acquiring not only Polish developers, but European developers. Because now, like, Ukraine is still a bit separated from, like, a European uh, community. But uh, here, when you start advertising, you start to post something, it's like word of month. It's spread all around Europe. So basically, now we have candidates from 92 countries and uh, mostly organically. We did not target with ads all of those 92 countries. And also Ukrainians are now like all around Europe and not only Europe, in Canada and the US. And they are also spreading, uh, inviting people, their friends on Skywalker. So it also work, works a bit like a word of month. Now Alex says Skywalker's user activity is growing again, in spite of the war. Actually, now it is getting back Uh, to the user activity and the financial metrics that we had before the war. We are even planning to earn more this year than the previous. It's like, it's not a really great growth as you expect from a startup because like, okay, you need to like grow at least 20 to 50% per year. But uh, considering that we have lost all of all our users and had to restart like from scratch, Uh, for us, uh, these results are like uh, gotten with a sweat and blood. <laughs> Stories like these are inspiring. They show us that, even in the toughest of circumstances, creativity and persistence can overcome the threat of bombs and bullets. The response of Ukraine's startup community to this tragedy has proven one thing above all else the resilience, talent, and potential of the country's entrepreneurs. But it's important to remember that they are succeeding in the face of great odds and still need international support to keep going. Dasha from EFA sums it up. So I will I will try to say it with the words, like, as I said, we've just fundraised and our investor is really famous international VC firm. And I will say with their words, When we had these like thousands of interviews with them, they said like, Dasha, you are the most resilient person we have ever met in our lives. And for me, it's just when you are inside of the situation, you are just doing what you have to do. And it, it doesn't like for me, it wasn't associated with any like that I'm a hero or I'm a resilient person whatsoever. I'm just doing what I have to do. So my advice for startups will be do what you have to do. And like, stay, stay persistent, stay resilient, no matter what, because this is your dream. And those like Kremlin psycho is not the person who will take your dream from you. This podcast was brought to you by Sifted. We want to say a big thank you to all the people that spoke to us and told their stories. And in case you're wondering how they're getting on, Mostly it's going well for these companies. Preply raised $50 million in July last year to continue its growth. Dasha from EFA managed to close her seed round, while the three co-founders from Skywalker are hoping to raise more money soon. Ivan from Finmap is still serving in the Ukrainian army, 
and he is feeling confident about his startup's future. And Alex Serdyuk's company Respeacher is still serving big-name Hollywood clients. For more coverage on how Ukrainian entrepreneurs are defying the odds and building great businesses, head to our website, sifted.eu. The music in this podcast was generated using Ava Technologies.